Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shellywilsonministries.org. Hey you guys, it's Shelley. Welcome to this week's 320 podcast. And I've sort of released this word in written form, but I do want to talk about it uh, here on the podcast. And it was a word that I posted this morning called about face. Um, I was sitting here in the office yesterday editing the last or the next newspaper uh, issue that'll be printed towards the end of this month. And I heard a very clear and it, it was like I used to be a, a twirler so uh, in the band and you know one of the commands was about haste about face and it, it's always a very militant command same same as the military and uh, that command is where you turn and go the opposite direction okay and so um, I knew Although I could say that for the person who has not yet come to Christ um, and realized they need a Savior to save them from their sin, obviously repentance is an about, is an about face, right? Uh, sometimes we think an I'm sorry is uh, the same as change, and it's not. So when I make an about face uh, and I come to Christ, that means I've changed directions. I've... Uh, the old man died, my old ways, my old desires start changing. God in me starts whittling away and chiseling away, sometimes very painfully, at things in me that need to go because the Bible says it is no longer I, Shelley, who lives, but Christ who now lives in me. And um, we, as we talked about last week on, on the podcast, we can't be so destination-oriented when it comes to purpose and destiny and assignments that we completely forget the fact that there is an inner work God has to do in us. And so this this word isn't really for the one that hasn't come to Jesus, I don't think, uh, although it could apply, you know, truly to take an about face, to, you know, go in a new direction with Jesus, become a new creation. But that's not what I felt like this was about. This time I felt like it was for the body of Christ. And those of us who, you know, maybe we're in a lukewarm place. And honestly, we can, we love Jesus. We believe in in Christ, but we don't really go anywhere with him. You know, he's not really leading, following, well, he's leading us, but we're not really following him anywhere. Um, and that's, you know, kind of the difference between, you know, is sometimes we love Jesus to be our savior, but we don't really like him to be our Lord because when he's made Lord, it means he has control of all of our days of our future. It means we die to what we want and we live for what he wants. Right. And so I'm going to read this to you, uh, praying that God reveals to you what might be for you in this message. And then I also felt like it was a hard command, a very immediate command about face. You know, when you're given an about face in the military or in a marching band or something like that, you don't do it 30 minutes later, a day later. You do it instantly. It is an instant, obedient shift. 
right? It's a right now word. And that's what I feel like this is for some folks. So it says this, I immediately knew the word about face was the call of God to choose today whom you'll serve. And it was specifically for the body of Christ. The clarion call to either go with Jesus or go with people, but you will now face a decision and Jesus awaits your answer. An about-face command in the military is a turn of 180 degrees from the position of attention. Now listen, guys, I'm going to have to stop there in the reading because I, I honestly didn't get that on the first pass when I heard it from the Lord. Even when I wrote it down, I didn't get that. But as I look at it on the page and I read it to you, and let me read it again and see if you see what I see. An about-face command in the military is a turn of 180 degrees from the position of attention. Now, the position of attention is like 10 hut, right? But I want you to look at this from a prophetic, a prophetic symbolism, a position of attention. What is your attention on? these days because maybe what God is saying is that very thing that has all your attention is not the way I'm leading you and I need you to make an about face and I think that is a large part of what this word means today right do we have our attention on worldly things is our attention on retirement is our attention on vacations is our attention on making money is our attention on material things is our attention on you know I don't know, any, any kind of thing that takes up your attention. Uh, how about the, your, the attention of your finances? Maybe your money has got your attention, right? Um, and in, even entertainment. Sometimes entertainment is an addiction, and it has all of our attention. And therefore, Jesus really gets none of our attention. I mean, we might go to church, so he has an hour. He has our attention for maybe an hour or two a week, and that's it. And that is not the life that surrendered with Jesus. That's a church-going life, but it's not a Jesus-following life, okay? And I know today's message is a little, uh, it sounds kind of a, y'all know I don't come with any condemnation. This is a word for me, too, to to actually um, really look at things that have my attention and to make a shift because sometimes it's that I'm in the middle of doing something in a place or a space uh, with a certain group of people or a program in the ministry that we've uh, been doing for a while. And God is saying, okay, I need you to shift doing about face from the position of your attention. In other words, Shelly, I no longer want this to have your attention. I need you to lay that thing down. Uh, we talk a lot about that here, how God shifts in seasons. Seasons shift, and sometimes we do not shift with the season. It says a complete sudden change, and about face is a complete sudden change in position, in direction, in principle, in attitude. Okay, let's p unpack that. Let me just do it slow like this instead of reading it all at once. I know what it means to have a sudden change in position. I know what it means to have a sudden change in direction. A change in position can be several things. Maybe you, maybe God is wanting you take to take a natural, literal new position. For me, I was a, a, a worship leader and a singer of concerts for two years. That's all I did uh, other than a, a girls' ministry. Every other weekend, I was on the road with my best friend, and we were ministering in music. That was my position and assignment in that season. Today, I shepherd women, right? So God has changed my position. Also, I know how to change direction. 
when God says, I no longer want you to go this way, but I want you to go that way. But what does he mean when he says a change of principle? A change of principle. Okay, let me give you an example. Before I came to the Lord, and I've shared this on my Q&A podcast a while back, um, I was kind of the party uh, coordinator of our friends. I was the karaoke queen. I loved going out partying. I, uh, I would, you know, have a pack of cigarettes with my Coors Light. It was what I did. It was, you know, I got to sing. I was singing for the world and all these things. But when I came to Christ, the principles I lived by changed. Right, I, I no longer needed that. I, I knew it wasn't good for me, wasn't good for my marriage, wasn't good for my family. Certainly, I look back and I remember my daughter writing on all my cigarette packs, please stop smoking. And, and back then I would just laugh, right? And today I grieve. I grieve that she had something in her heart that was super important to her and I did not take it seriously, Right, so I I have had a change of position or a change in principle when it comes to that. Also, a change in attitude. Wow, I mean, I had so many changes in attitude. I, I talked to y'all last time about you know, or a few times ago about, you know, I was, I had, I could, I could hang with any sailor as far as profanity came along. You know, I would drop all kinds of words. You know, I think back then I was. You're just trying to be seen, trying to be in with the in crowd, trying to get along with everybody's worlds. And, you know, I wasn't surrendered to the Lord when I came to Jesus. Slowly but surely, he worked that out of me, and I don't need to do that anymore. Does it mean that the last 20 years have been perfect and I haven't messed up in even that area? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I am human like everybody else, but I am constantly going through a sanctified process constantly having to intentionally change my attitude one of the change of my attitudes was this i had friends who were gay or lesbian and um, i loved them and today i still love them uh, one has recently surrendered her life to the lord and changed her life um, another one has not yet uh, i've led her in the sinner's prayer several times but the truth is she didn't want to give up the lifestyle so there was no real transformation in her life and I would have said years ago I would you know just being like well let everybody be who they are or whatever um, today I more have a compassion from the Lord to help them heal right um, I don't believe that is God's lifestyle uh, that he desires for us so I, I do believe there's a sin there that occurs but I also believe you know we don't call that out and not call out other sins like anger, um, adultery, um, sex outside of marriage, all of these things. So when I came to Christ, my attitude changed, right? I went with them to to gay bars. Actually, my husband and I did because we were like, well, it's okay, you know, not a big deal. Today, I will tell you my attitude has changed there. There's no, no way unless God himself sends me into a, a place like that that I'll, I'll be found there. Um, if he sends me to minister, then I will certainly obey that. But, you know, I've had a change of attitude. Um, another change of attitude would probably be the issue of abortion, right? In my past, I, I probably, maybe, I, I think I, I thought it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. But I, I wasn't going to really stand up for it, if you know what I mean, because I wasn't, it, it wasn't that important to me. Like, big deal. I haven't, it's not something that's affecting me. So, you know, let them do what they want to do. Today, 
my attitude on that issue has completely changed. Why? Because I am a born-again believer, and the Holy Spirit lives in me. And I've studied the scriptures, and I know that God formed every baby in the womb, and that every baby's, every single baby's days are numbered in the book before they are one day old. I know that God has placed in that baby purposefully assignments, and that it is not right to murder a baby. It is a human being at the moment of conception. And see, God says, I wrote all your days before they were one. So see, God saw what every one of those babies was going to be. What every baby in the womb, who that baby is going to be, God already sees and knows. And that baby was born for a specific and unique purpose. And if we take the life of that baby, we commit murder. But also if we take the life of that baby, there is somebody not on earth that was meant to do a job for the kingdom that would exalt the name of Lord Jesus. So you see, now I fight for the unborn. Now I do speak up and I'm not silent on the topic. I'm not afraid to say, you know what, I'm anti-abortion, I am pro-life. Um, and, and yes, I know all the arguments. It doesn't matter to me. I have to stick with what the Bible says and how the Lord's heart is. And certainly I've walked with women who have had the devastating pain of that, even when they didn't know they did. And the beauty of in any of these lifestyles or decisions I'm telling you about today, the truth is the blood of Jesus covers all sin. There is nothing, 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 nothing that the blood of Jesus will not redeem if you let him, if you ask him to, if you change your ways. So I was, I had to change a lot of things about myself, guys, right? I, a lot of the way my personality even was, I was scared of people. I was scared of being called out. I was scared of being rejected. So I wasn't going to speak up against anything or anybody. Well, guess what? When the Lion of Judah begins to really live in you, you'll start roaring when you need to, Right? And so those are the kind of things I think God is changing. And, and, and these are things for you to pray about, for you to ponder with Jesus. Is there, is there some attitude bents I need to change? You know, um, I've shared with you before the whole idea, and, I, and I've heard this a lot even in church leaders. Um, well, God knows how I am. I'm just that way. No, Jesus is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. So you know what? Let's let God change us and transform us because I can't use that excuse anymore when Jesus lives in me. You know, um, I'm a big believer in operating in excellence. Y'all have heard me say that on on a, probably some of the first podcasts when we started this podcast because I believe a lot of dreams don't uh, fly with Jesus because we, we actually don't have a good work ethic. Uh, we can't be on time for anything. We make no real commitments to anything or anybody. And therefore, we're kind of lukewarm on all our decisions. And uh, if I get it done, I'll get it done. And if I don't, I don't. Well, some things are life and death to some hearts. And I've just learned that, you know what, everything, uh, I want to do everything with excellence when it comes to the Lord. So then it says, to make an about face means you now face another direction. I can tell you that the about face I heard sounded very much like a command. It was clear of his expectation. He was firm in his command, and it sounded nothing like a request. However, the Lord forces no one to obey him. The below passage of Scripture started stirring in my heart, so I went to look it up. Okay, guys, it's Judges 7, chapter 7, verse 2 and 3. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. 
in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her. Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. We are reaching the edge of some dark days, and God is calling the warriors to rise. Some will be sent home because they fear the world's retaliation. They fear the giving up of the little foxes that spoil the vine. They fear the cost of sacrifice, or they fear what their peers might say about them. But some are being quickened right now to be brave enough to make the about face and go with Jesus into the oncoming war. We will be charged and dispatched to the front lines. We will engage in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. But listen, overhead the eagles are coming. God is restoring his prophets to the church. The prophetic hearts in the body will help us to not only see ahead, but to discern the unseen plots and snares. If you've not gotten your prophets in place, now is the time. There will be no running, no shrinking back, and no giving up of kingdom territories. We will fight for our children, fight for generations to come, and we will fight in the name of the Lord. And it is quite possible, friends, that we will fight to a death for all those ready to serve the king and his kingdom about face. So, you know, Gideon had to send home those who were afraid. And, you know, I don't take lightly, and I want to say, honestly, serving God, sometimes there are moments of fear that God has great compassion on, right? Um, It says you've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of sound mind, Uh, love, power, and a sound mind. But there are times, in, and I think it's right now, that, that speaks more to this writing than that, that kind of fear that God would have compassion on. And it's really the fear of man. It's the fear of, you know what, I don't want to, I'm just going to stay silent while our kids get taken from us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay silent while people teach my children that they can be a boy or a girl instead of what they are. I'm just going to stay silent. And let me tell you what, if you remain silent for such a time as this, it will come to your household. I'm letting you know now it's time for an about face. You and I, as the church of Jesus Christ, the very body of Jesus, have a mandate to speak up. The reason we are where we are, prayer has been taken out of schools, Things are now coming into our libraries that are not godly. No one wants to talk about it. Everybody just says, well, that's just how they are. Not anymore. This is how I am. This is how, how about this is how Jesus is, right? And so this about face is like, you know what? If you're afraid now, go home. Go home. Because this life that we've preached for all of these years of abundant life, which is true, um, I, I share a lot of writings about beautiful things, like the one I fell in love with this week that I posted was about the Skylark. I kept seeing the word Skylark on the back of semi-trucks, and I kept thinking, man, I need to go look at what what is a Skylark. And I happen to know the word says all creation testifies, and he speaks to me a lot through nature. I don't worship nature, but I know that everything everything testifies to Jesus. So if I, if I look at... At anything, it's going to show me something, right? I studied lilies a while back, lilies of the valley. 
and they're the most purest white flower and they bow their heads low and you know and i'm like wow he is the lily of the valley you know on that cross his his not only was his head bowed low on the cross when he was crucified but he bowed his head low in humility the god of the universe with all power came as a baby you know he could have done that different and he chose to come with all such a humble means with no place to lay his head he left a throne you know what i'm saying and so I think that's an about face for us that we're like, okay, you know, the king is worthy of all of our service. The king is worthy. Some of our mouthpieces, can I just say this? And I'm going to speak to the women right now. Um, I, I understand the plight as a woman in the church is super difficult in some areas. And I happen to live in one of those areas. And I have been sorely persecuted at times over the last three years for being a woman leader. But I'm going to say this. It is my responsibility to choose whether to follow Jesus or stop because of the naysayers. And I've just decided life or death, I'm going with Jesus. And as we come into a, a generation where the church is likely going to undergo persecution, we don't have any idea what it's like. We, we hear about it when we listen to ministries like the Voice of the Martyrs or other ministries that serve the persecuted church. And I'm telling you, are you ready? Are you ready to be the persecuted church? Because it is now here. And if we're afraid, you're going to need to go home. God may say go home because you, you won't surrender your life. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit has equipped you for everything he needs you to do in this hour. Some of the about face is personal, the way we live, right? My about faces after I came to Christ was no more Harlequin romances, right? My about face was no more witchcraft movies. My about face was no more uh, shows with sex scenes in it or perversions. You understand there is an about face that has to happen after we come to Christ so that we can be more like him, right? So there's a thousand about faces I could talk to you about today. But if you're listening because you are trying to grow in Jesus, if you're listening because, Shelly, I want to be all I was designed to be. I want to know what it's like to live in the Spirit. I want to know what kind of gifts God has given me, and I want to put those to work in the kingdom. Then I'm telling you, you're going to have to choose some about faces today. Because sin keeps us separated from God. Yes, the blood of Jesus has been the bridge, right? So we've been saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. But here's the thing. There can be a hindrance. Let me be clear. You are holy because God is holy. You are made righteous by the righteousness of Christ. Nothing that you do makes you any more holy. He did the work on the cross. He was the bridge for a sinful humanity, I'm sorry, to the Father. However... However, sins cause prayers not to be answered. We see that in the New Testament. It says that very clearly, especially when a, when a man um, is not good to his wife. You know, be tender with your wife so that your prayers are not hindered. We forget to talk about that sometimes. I would say, well, that, that, 
That goes a lot of times. I remember a season when I was in a terrible valley and God put before me four names, four or five names of people I had hurt in my past. I never meant to hurt them. I never intended to hurt them. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I handled it the right way. And I thought I thought I did right by God. And I'm telling you, he made me. I was in my knees on in my prayer closet. And I knew in that moment there was no way Shelly Wilson was getting out of that deep valley until I repented of the way I handled their hearts because their hearts were super important to the Lord. And I had to contact every single one of them and apologize. And the Lord said to me, you will make no excuses. Not one. I don't want to hear one but. Not one but, Shelly. You're going to fall on your sword on this one. And because I obeyed that, he began to answer things I was praying for. He, was, he began to move me forward. Because, see, there was a test there for me. Can he trust me? Could I make an about face in that area and go, okay, it's actually not okay as a born-again believer for me to wound people and just leave it there. And act like, oh, well, I, I obey the Lord. And it's, it's okay that I left their heart in shambles. It's okay that, you know, they're, they're bleeding on the side of the road, right? The story of the Good Samaritan. It's actually not okay. I was called to do whatever I needed to do to make it right, to reconcile the relationship. And so that was a big eye-opener for me. So there's a lot about faces for all of us to ponder and consider. Because here's the thing. We're going to have to turn away even from this blessing gospel. I believe in prosperity. I believe God does prosper us. He tells us that in Jeremiah 29, 11. He wants to, uh, it's, our future is not to harm us, but to prosper us. He's not against prosperity. But that's not all there is, and that's not why I serve him. You know, and so there's an about face that we have to make that goes, okay, Am I willing to serve Jesus even if it costs me? If it costs me money? If it costs me friends? If it costs me a new circle of peers? If it costs me my job? If it costs me my church? If it costs me my family members? Right? Because the Bible says, you know, if you love mother, father, brother, sister spouse more than me then you are not worthy to be my my disciple that's some pretty harsh language isn't it but it's the truth what he's saying in that moment is listen if any of those people have more have more of your attention than i do something's out of whack here and you're not being my disciple if if you follow all those people instead of me then you're not, my, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And so I feel like today's word is kind of a heavy word. It's an eye-opening word. It's an oh gosh, wow, Lord word. It's, it's not about sparrows and feathers and all the beautiful things, peacocks that I love to write about. You know, God is a beautiful comforter in the Holy Spirit. He is gentleness. Uh, he is... Uh, lovely he is compassionate but listen he is the lion of judah he is a just judge he is a god uh, that that knows what it's like to serve people well he is the master he is the lord of the host the angelic host um he is was here in the beginning he'll be here in the end he knows all things 
right? He hung every star. He hung the moon, the sun. He told the waters how far they could go. He knows the number of sand on the shores. I mean, come on, we serve a mighty, mighty king. Yet sometimes we serve him as if he's nothing, as if he's some human king, as if we give, actually, I'll just say this, we give more attention to these royal kings here on earth than we do to the king of kings. And so, friends, if you're ready to really serve Jesus, I'm going to promise you one thing. It will be a war. But you and I better learn how to fight for our children because the devil's coming for them. The devil's coming for them. And I'm just declaring today, it's not happening on my watch. I will not lay down on the job. I will not become a lukewarm warm Christian who only goes to church on Sundays to dress up and look like I do the right thing. Nope, this is a seven-day-a-week, every-day-of-the-year, 24-hour-a-day job. It really is. So it's time for an about face. All right. I love the ending of the writing where God says, get your prophets in place. I had a precious, precious one call me out by that title recently. God had already spoken that to me 10 years ago before uh, he told me I would be a, a shepherd. And I ran from it because I don't come from the background that talks about that or even acknowledges it or recognizes it. Certainly not in women, maybe sometimes in men. But we need the fivefold ministry back intact. We need shepherds. We need teachers. We need apostles. They're the builders. We need the prophets. Prophets keep us safe. Sometimes prophets, the Lord tells secrets to prophets, right? And prophets, you know, I've had dreams before where God has told me what was happening in a situation when that was not what I was being told, right? I can see in a place um, the potential, but I can also see the potential harm. I can see when changes are being made that we think are the Lord but are not the Lord, that's actually moving us away from what God wanted. And so we need the prophets in place. We really do. So if we're leaders in ministries or leaders in churches, we need to get our prophets in place. We need to honor the prophets again. We need to seek counsel with prophets. When you go through the scriptures, most of the time you see a call for the seer, right? Call for the seer. A seer is a prophet that sees, all right? That, that term was mainly used in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, they were called prophets. Prophets are all different, very unique. They see different. You know, some, some are more dream and vision oriented. Some are word oriented. Some do both. But here's the thing. We all need Nathans for Davids. When we're in a place of sin, we need possibly a prophet to come and tell us, listen, I know you think what you're doing is right, but it's not. We need prophets in place who can say, listen, based on what I'm seeing, you're not fulfilling God's vision. You're fulfilling your vision. You know, there, there are, and I'll tell you one of, the, one of the good things about the prophets in this war. In this war, remember, this is a, like a military war. The devil has an army and the Lord has an army. There are commander-in-chiefs of certain platoons on both sides. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. 
Okay, that's that's you need to start thinking that this is a war, the spiritual supernatural war. The prophets can keep us safe. When someone comes into our midst, that is a pretender. When someone comes into our midst and they say all the right things, but Jezebel is working in them. That's why God tells us a lot of times, be careful of flattering lips, right? Because if somebody's super flattery with me, I'm going, mm, I'm going to watch this person for a while and make sure that what they say is true. And very often, I've seen the devil walk right into one of my rooms, and I've known it, right? And so you need, you and I need the prophets in place. We need prophets in places, in churches, in ministries, and in our own personal lives to say, listen, you need to get back in line with the Lord. You've grown lukewarm. And the truth is, like you're really just hanging out with the world most of the time. Instead of with the Lord, you're really not impacting the kingdom the way God wants you to. So what is it you need to change, right? You're not fulfilling the mission, the call on your life. Uh, Anybody hearing my voice today, some of you ladies are in my groups. You know that I am not okay with you becoming lukewarm. I am not okay with you not becoming every single ounce of a thing that God has designed you to be. I'm not okay when the devil comes for your life and distracts you with humans. I'm not okay when he comes into your life and distracts you uh, with with positions that aren't godly. I'm not okay. Uh, I'm not going to be silent in those moments. I'm going to shoot you straight. And sometimes it's super hard, and not everybody stays here because of that, right? Some people want me just to say all the nice things, but I would never be serving you well. And you'll never serve anybody else well if you cannot honestly declare the truth and speak up. So I've just kind of learned because I am a mercy heart. I'm very tenderhearted and super compassionate. So this part of Jesus was hard for me when he started giving me, giving me messages that were to really uh, divide Uh, the body of Christ to really call us to a place of repentance and say, you know, the church has gone off course, Um, things that uh, people don't want to hear. Even even in music, I've had to make an about face because, you know, I'll be honest with you, most radio stations want encouraging music. And I've got a song in production right now called Make Way, and it's completely about making way for the bridegroom. You know, and some of the songs I've released, radio wouldn't play. Why? Because they weren't happy songs. They were songs like Watchmen saying, get up on your tower and tell me what you see. Do you see the hole in the wall like Ezekiel sees? And in that place was when all the priests, all the people professing God as their almighty were in in little rooms, bowed to other idols, to other gods, to, to graven images. And I'm afraid we're here again in the church. Therefore, we need the prophets to call things what they are sometimes. So listen, a prophet is your friend. A prophet is your friend. So guys, I know today, I hope you didn't hit stop and maybe you did. (laughs) Those who know me personally, you know how much I love, I deeply love, but... But today's word from the Lord has challenged me, and I hope it challenges you. And you go, you know, Shelly, 
uh, God stepped on my toes today because it's okay sometimes when the Lord steps on our toes, right? He needs to step on my toes sometime, sometimes so I can uh, get in my right position with him. And I personally uh, have made many, many about faces. Sometimes I've had to make about faces I didn't know I needed to make, in all honesty. I didn't see something in myself that needed to change, right? So I want to encourage y'all, and I want to just pray for you real quick before I let you go. God, I pray that today's message does not come with an overwhelming sense of condemnation, but with an overwhelming sense of hope that, okay, God is giving us an opportunity to make a change in some places. And Lord, I'm so grateful that you're long-suffering and you're full of compassion. And when you give even hard words, words that require a little bit of judgment on your part to judge righteously in our lives and our hearts in the way we do things, the way we handle people, the way we make decisions, the way we do ministry, the way we do life, the way we do work, all of these things that God, you are doing it for our good. Everything that you do is for our good, not just your good, but for our good, because you know that we will excel and grow closer to you as we make some changes in about faces. You know, Lord, who you designed us to be and that sin and the devil wants to keep us from being that, that kind of vessel for you. Lord, I pray that that today that there are all kinds of bells going off in our hearts going, man, I've got to make that shift. I've got to make that change. I've got to make that about face and just go bless the Lord. Bless you, Jesus, for not letting me go one more step without doing an about face. Bless you, God, for not letting me go into harm's way and calling me to make an about face right now. Thank you, Lord, for exposing darkness, for exposing the devil at work and bringing your light into this situation today and saying, gosh, Shelly, make an about face. I have something better for you. I have something grander for you, something more beautiful for you, and it will be good even when it's hard. Lord, I pray that they have a pep in their step as they get off the podcast, God, because that they will sense that you are are, are calling for an about face because you have a wonderful mission right around the corner for them, a secret mission. And I thank you, God, that you have put us as spies in your kingdom to provide secret missions. God, I pray for the prophets who are hearing today that they will boldly and courageously step into their vocal place in the kingdom, that you will begin to declare things like Jeremiah, you will tear things down and you will build things up that altars to wickedness and witchcraft and darkness and to false gods we begin to come down not just in your life but you would call them down in your church you will call them down in your friends you will start calling those things down in your families and that god by your very power of the holy spirit there will be a shifting of atmospheres in every room that the mouth of the prophet will carry the weight of the glory and people will hear something different it will carry a weight to it that they know is from heaven and not from a man thank you lord that you would begin to put those cloven tongues would be on their tongue and that they would god divide the truth well 
divide their truth well. Lord, I thank you that you are the shepherd, the good shepherd, that comes with that shepherd's hook and pulls us back into right position, back into right alignment, back into right attitude, back into right positioning with you, with heaven, with Jesus, with the will of the Father. And we bless you today that you love us that much to say, child of mine, it's time for an about face. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Whew, I'm tired after that one, guys. How about you? <laughs> I hope y'all have a beautiful week, and I will catch you next week. We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty For Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com. 